Well, good morning again. For any of you that I haven't had a chance to, to meet or get to know personally, my name is Kim Dortilly, and I am one of the associate pastors here at Bel Air Church. Um, we have a number of other pastors who are all in various parts of the country, and so they are tuning in online, but it is absolutely my delight to be with you. And how awesome was it to have the Collier family leading us in worship, Nancy and the choir. So glad to be with all of you and all of our welcome team and just to be gathered here. Isn't it wonderful to have the first day of the new year here in church? I think it's beautiful. Amen. I mean, think of all the other places where we could have been. Most of them begin with bed and pajamas, you know? Like we could have chosen so many other things. I tried to imagine what this crowd was going to look like this morning, whether you'd be completely bleary-eyed, tired, grumpy, happy. Maybe there would be those of you who wandered up here because you heard this was the only place to get a good cup of coffee. And it's true, the cafe's open again, so check out the cafe. I hear it's great coffee. Parable is the name of the cafe, so check it out. They've opened it just for you this morning. I think that maybe there are some people that heard this is the best view of the entire city, and it is, and here it is. And then I imagine that there are those of you who couldn't imagine being any other place in the world. This is where you want to be. There's people here this morning who got up, brushed their hair and their teeth just for you, just for you. People who not only wanted to come to church, but people who want to be the church, to be the church. And anybody who's watching online, any of you who are in the hospital or traveling or just can't get out of your house today, you who have tuned in, you are with us. This is your church. We are the church. The scripture today is about the church. It's about people who gather around the word because they'd rather do that than any other thing. So turn in your Bibles if you'd like to read along. It's on page 886, Acts chapter 2 beginning in verse 42. Now, in many of the commentaries that I looked at, this scripture, this uh, section of scripture has the heading, the first Christian church. Now, sometimes we can just blow right past that because we're used to seeing it in print, the first Christian church of Hollywood, the first Christian church of Burbank, the first Christian church of wherever, but we need to stop and realize that this is the first Christian church, period. The first Christian church, the seeds, the roots, our ancestors. So listen as you hear the word of the Lord. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. 
Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Teaching and fellowship, breaking bread and praying together. These are the ingredients of the church. This is what went in and what came out were transformed lives. A contagious community that has been alive and worshiping God in spirit and in truth for more than 2,000 years. So today we are going to gather these ingredients one more time. We're going to stir them together and we on the first day of this first month of this new year as one of the very first things that we are going to do, we are going to be the church. We are going to remember that we are the body of Christ in this world. We are going to practice our faith together. Teaching and fellowship, well, we're doing that right now. We've asked for you all to sit a little bit closer today, just feel the presence of each other, hear the word proclaimed. Breaking bread together, the first Sunday of every month, we take communion together and we will be breaking bread together and prayers. Yes, the first church prayed together, out loud, with each other. And so we are going to do that today. Take a breath mint if you need to. It's not going to be scary, it's going to be fun. We are going to be the church. Okay, so these people, this first church, they devoted themselves to all of these things. Now we just have to take a minute to see that devoted means that that is all or most of their time and resources. It's not a casual hobby for them, it is devotion. An active verb, the active ingredients that brings all of these things together is devoting ourselves to these things. So this first church devoted these themselves to these elements and awe came upon them. Awe overwhelmed the community because they knew that God had come to dwell with them. God had taken on flesh and entered the human experience because of his great, great love for us. Now it says that they were in awe because of what was being done by the apostles. But this was supposed to happen Jesus said, truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these. Everyone knew that what the apostles were doing weren't the acts that humans can do. Everyone knew that there was a living God who was doing miracles, signs, and wonders through those who believed in him. Everyone knew that this is the God who came to dwell with us. 
The God who through the Holy Spirit stays with us. Any community that gathers around the Word of God, around the truth of God, around the revelation of God is a community that stands in awe. And that should we be how we begin every day of this year, every day of our lives, begin it in awe of God, of what God has done. And that's how we are beginning this day, this new year, standing in awe, in wide-eyed wonder at God. Now, hopefully we've seen a few images this morning, some artwork, and Marlon, I know you're going to try and give me one of these artwork pieces, some Coptic iconography this morning. There we go, Coptic iconography. Thanks, Marlon. The Coptic Church, if you've never heard of that before, the Coptic Church is the first century Egyptian Christian church. It's still alive and well today. And iconography is holy art that draws us into worship. That is its purpose. Now, the distinctive trait you'll see in Coptic iconography is that the eyes of those who are portrayed are larger than any other body part, almost double the size of normal eyes. Their eyes are open wide. And think about it, whenever we see anything that inspires awe in us, what happens? We open our eyes wider. Our pupils actually dilate to let in more light so that we can see it better. We stand in awe. And if this kind of awe comes upon us suddenly, it's called an epiphany. An epiphany is an awakening, a sudden realization of something that we didn't know before, a truth that reorients our entire lives, that when we have that epiphany, nothing will ever be the same. Now, Epiphany Sunday is celebrated by many Christian churches in early January, and we are observing Epiphany Sunday today. Through many of the songs and the scripture readings, Epiphany Sunday traditionally is observed and commemorates when the wise men entered Bethlehem to worship the Messiah, the newborn king. Now, if we remember the, the wise men primarily as those guys from that distant land that brought gifts to Jesus and the manger, it doesn't hold that much significance for us. But when we stop and remember that those kings, those wise men, were not Jewish. Those wise men from a far off place were from an entirely different group of people. The wise men were not the chosen people. The wise men were those who were invited, those who were beckoned, those who were wooed to worship the Messiah. And for any of us that are from 
any heritage other than being Jewish, these are our representatives there in the manger. It's a life-changing epiphany that God's grace is not just for those in the covenant of Israel, but poured out on all of humanity. And so there are the wise men being ushered into the front row for the rest of humanity. The idea that this great, miracle-working, redeeming, saving God of the Jews would invite all of the rest of us into his care, into his provision, into his grace wasn't just good news, it was shocking news. Shocking! And from the first moment, the Coptic church, the first century Egyptian church, has captured this moment when their eyes went wide with wonder. So right now, as we stand with this first century church, with all churches throughout time and eternity, standing together in what unites us, the wonder and awe of what God has done, we are going to pray together. Now, don't be scared. It's okay for us to pray together. And if any of you are feeling a little uncomfortable, like I came to church just to, I just want to listen. I don't want to talk. I don't want to pray. That's okay too. We're going to get in groups of three or four or six, whatever feels natural. Just look around those, those you met in the meet and greet. If you remember them by name, all the better. Introduce yourselves again if you need to. But we are going to pray together for churches around the world. If you don't want to pray, just close your eyes and bow your head and listen to the prayers around you. If you want to be in a group but you don't want to pray, just communicate that. We are family. There is nothing scary about this. This is like talking to our parent with our favorite siblings. So, would you go ahead and look around you right now and get into groups of four, six, whatever feels natural. We're going to take about five minutes. Introduce yourselves. And here's how we want to pray. Praise God for the freedom and safety that we have in our worshiping communities. And praise God for those churches around the world who need safety and freedom. Pray for the leaders and members here at Bel Air Church. Pray and trust that God will lead us. As we come back, isn't it awesome to hear just the praise and the prayers being lifted to God? Such a beautiful thing when God's people are free to pray together. Praise the Lord. As we come back to scripture, we, we come back to what God is doing in the midst of these people. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for the prayers. I'm so, it's so amazing. Thank God. Thank you for, for feeling the freedom to be before God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. So here we are with these people who have had awe come over them. 
And we go on and it said, all who believed were together. Were together, they valued being together. And they had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts. The word that stands out to me in these verses is the word together. There's really only one thing that you can only do together that you can't do alone, and that's share. There is something about sharing that gives us glad and generous hearts, right? You know that feeling of like, I feel good, I want to keep doing this. We can only do that in community. But think about all the things you need to feel in order to share. I mean, stop and think about when you were little and your mom asked you to share your toys. It's like, what? <laughs> think about when you're hungry and you don't have quite enough food and somebody else has no food. Think about what that means to share. I love that you're thinking about sharing. That's awesome, young man. That's awesome. You have to feel safe in order to share. If we don't feel safe, we retreat and we hang on to what's ours. We need to feel that there's enough. If we feel sparsity, if we're focused on not having enough, we're probably not going to share we need to trust that God's provision is always there and we need to want somebody else's well-being more than our own. Sharing means that we need to be selfless. So what does all that mean? It means that sharing takes a lot of courage. That means that being together in community takes a lot of courage. You get out what you put in. If you want authentic, deep, life-giving community, you need to be an authentic, deep, life-giving person. We all have to take a step toward being known. We all have to take a step out reaching out in faith and in trust that we can let down our facades, that we can take off our masks, that we can be real with each other because if we can't be real with each other, we're probably not being real with our holy God. We need to let go of our safety zones. Now, how do we do that? How do any of us find that kind of courage here in this church, just here in this room? Can we do it? God says we can. The best way that we can do it is to have a little epiphany of our own this morning. Just remember who we are, who we all are, each one of us sinners saved by grace. And we just need to remember who Jesus is, that every single one of us is the same in His eyes. Nobody better 
nobody worse. All of us, his children. And so we're going to take a little time just to do that, to remember ourselves and remember our God. We're going to take a little time in silent, personal prayer, confession, looking back at our lives, looking forward in our lives. We are meant to stand with God, stand before him without any doubt, without any fear. Let's prepare our hearts for communion this morning. And so will you pray with me as we take this time in prayer? God, we come to you, your people. God, those who are part of the heritage of Adam and Eve, those who by rebellion and disobedience hid ourselves from you, didn't want to be known by you, couldn't let ourselves be known by you because that would mean you see everything. And we embrace that, God. We embrace that we are made of dust, that we are given to temptation. We embrace that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. If we are Christian, we embrace that we need a savior. And so God, we thank you that we can confess our sins. And so Lord Jesus, in this time of silence, would you hear us as we personally confess to you whatever stands between us and you Hear our prayers of confession, Lord. Lord, hear us confess that many of us are brokenhearted, that many of us have wounds that have not healed, and we haven't fully trusted those to you. And so, God, we lift up our wounds to you this morning, praying for you to bind them, to heal the brokenhearted. Lord, hear us as we silently name that which has wounded us and let us give it to you once and for all. God, we confess to you that many of us are burdened with worry, that we can feel heaviness upon us, constriction upon us because of worry. And so, God, would you help us relieve ourselves of that burden? You call us to you, Jesus. You say, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and give your burdens to me. And so, God, would you hear us as we confess our worries to you? God, we confess that even in silence and prayer, our thoughts try to fly away from us. Forgive us, God, that we have not practiced our focus on you. And hear our confession, God. God,
God, hear our confession that we have been careless in words, that we carelessly speak harmful words and don't gather them back with an apology, that we say these things in our homes, we say these things in the workplaces, that it's okay to say them on public radio, that it's okay for the halls of our government to say what has been said. And so, God, we confess our carelessness with words. Would you hear our confession, Lord? God, just as we often are not aware of the pain our own words have caused, we confess that we are often numb to the pain of others. We confess that we walk by people on the streets who are homeless and in need. We confess that we turn off the TVs that bring us news of all of the troubled places in the world. We confess that we haven't prayed, much less stopped. And so, God, would you hear our confession and our desire to not be numb to pain of others. Lord Jesus, we confess all of these things in your name. We confess because you have created the safe place for us to be real, for us to be ourselves, for us to be forgiven. Jesus, we need you. Today we lay down our guilt. We lay down our scorecards against ourselves and against anyone else. We lay them down. God, we lay down our guilt. We give over our burdens and our broken hearts. We offer all these things to you, Jesus our Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen.